I'm thankful that my name has been written in the Are y'all with me? Amen. Keep your Bibles with you because we're going to look at a couple of things. And I won't keep you too long, but I am going to share with you what God told me to share with you, okay? All right. We've got to be obedient to his word. So Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. <clears throat> I am sure that the good work God began in you will continue until he completes it on the day when Jesus Christ comes again. Amen. You may be seated. I am sure. I am sure. That the good work God began in you will continue until he completes it. God started a work. I love that song. Amen. Trying to make me shout already. Stop that. Now behold the lamb. Yes. <laughs> mm, the precious lamb of God. <laughs> Born into sin. That I. Come on, who wants to live again? I'm gonna come on. Who wants to live again? <laughs> All right, let me get back on target. Y'all better stop that. You know, let's just think about finishing what God started. But before you can finish something, you got to start something. But you know, we have this thing. But we sometimes say, well, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Yes, sir. So I'm going to give you a couple of points today. My first point is this. God never said you would be ready. He said you would be purposed and anointed. Never said you'd be ready, but he said he would prepare you. I believe a lot of us are addicted to this feeling called ready. 
we are overly dependent on having a right time ready or a financially ready. But the Bible was not full of people that had a plan. God says to Noah, go build a boat where there's no water. <laughs> he tells David, go kill a giant with no armor. If you were to ask Moses how he became who he was, he would remind us of his trials with Pharaoh and his times of testing in the wilderness. They had no plan. They were not ready, but they were purposed and anointed. If you were to ask Joseph, he would most likely refer back to his years as a slave. His imprisonment on false accusations. And his imprisonment in Pharaoh's dungeon. And if you were to talk to Peter, he would probably point back to his denials. And now he learned many difficult yet important lessons. Everything you have been through has prepared you to do the work. You see, they were not ready, but they were prepared. If they were waiting to get ready, they would have missed the things that God had prepared them for. How many of us are missing things God has prepared us for because we're waiting to get ready? <laughs> Stop waiting on ready and walk in the purpose God has prepared you for. You will never fully feel ready and rarely will you ever have it mapped out. God even said you wouldn't be ready. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the hearts of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. He said nothing about being ready, but he did say you would be prepared. He never promised you would be ready. He, he, what he did promise is that you would be purposed. Let's take a look at Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6. See what the Bible says there about being purposed. Ephesians chapter 2, I'm sorry, verse 10. It says, God has made us what we are. In Christ Jesus, God made us new people so that we would spend our lives, watch this, doing the good things he had already planned for us to do. He said nothing about being ready. But it says you will be prepared and you will be anointed to do it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right? So the things that God has for us is already purposed 
for us to do. So stop waiting on ready and go do what God has birthed in you to do. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2. I mean, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 and 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 20 and 21. Y'all with me? Let me catch up with y'all. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Verse 20 and 21. The yes to all of God's promises is in Christ. Hmm. And that is why we say, amen, through Christ to the glory of God. And God is the one who makes you and us strong in Christ. God is also the one who chose us for this work. God chose you for the work. So if God chose you for the work, he has purposed you, prepared you, and anointed you. And Hebrews 13.5 says that if he's purposed you, prepared you, and anointed you, then he will never leave you. <laughs> he will never leave you. So there's work to finish. So let's finish what we started. You see, when we say, when he says, when God says that you're ready, that's when you're ready. Don't let your bank statement circumstances and past tell you when you're ready. You are ready the moment you were born. You're ready, you're purposed, you're prepared. So finish the assignment that God has purposed you to do. Hmm. 90 years. Finish what you started. Point number two. Distractions suffocate finishers. Distractions suffocate finishers. So get rid of them. Distractions suffocate promises. They always leave you feeling underdeveloped and Use your fears to drive your life and make your decisions for you. Distractions cause a directionless lifestyle. Leading you on a journey to nowhere. Living for temporary pleasures that always dry up just as fast as they came. The emptiness that consumes someone's heart. Uh, because of distractions is paralyzing. When you're distracted, you limp by in life with frustrations of not producing what you know you should be producing. 
You're constantly reminded to survive because if you ever peeled back the curtain of distraction, it would involve the weight of risk. Your lifestyle and your hearts have not been conditioned to carry. It is a tragedy being powerful and not knowing it. But it's devastating being purposed, but driven by distractions. Fighters fight off distractions. We notice the impossibilities, the odds, and the distractions, but fighters, we refuse to focus on them. You see, the Israelites focus too much on giants. <laughs> the number of people and the size of city walls. Eventually, the distractions were all they focused on, and it caused them to doubt this could be their God-ordained next step. But 40 years later, hmm, there was a new church with two men leading them into the same land God promised them 40 years earlier. One of those men was a man named Caleb. Caleb stood with Joshua and said to take the land 40 years earlier when the entire nation was fearful. He was able to serve faithfully for 40 years with a promise lingering in his heart. Isn't it something to have a promise lingering in your heart? God said it's yours, but you never went after it, so it's been lingering. It's been lingering in your heart. Caleb kept his heart pure and his passion focused, yet God goes on record to admire a special quality about him. In Numbers 14, 24, God says, because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to, and his descendants will inherit. Inherit it. Huh. I believe the same thing is being said about you. Get rid of all the distractions. Stay focused on his promise. Face the doubts and fears that cause you to hesitate. No longer will you suffocate under distractions because a different spirit is inside of you and you have to decide to follow him wholeheartedly. Remove the distraction of doubt, of fear, of failure. Move the distraction of people, of bureaucracies, of church attendance, of hurt and of money and continue to finish the work God has purposed you to do. Hmm. So remove the distraction. Point number three, live encouraged. Live encouraged. How different would your life be if you lived encouraged 
100% of the time. <laughs> How different would our lives be if we lived encouraged 100% of the time? How different would your thought life be if you lived encouraged 100% of the time? How different would your prayer life be if you lived encouraged 100% of the time? How different would your emotions be, your relationship be, your perspective be if you lived encouraged You see, godly courage and strength can take you where training and preparation can never take you. Courage doesn't care what your track record is. Courage is used to responding in the face of disappointment and failure. Courage teaches you that failure is not fatal. I don't know about you, but I've just never seen anybody die from failure. In life, failure is not fatal. You see, courage is sometimes the forgotten component when it comes to finishing the work. You see, sometimes you don't need any more training or equipping you just need some c c courage. In fact, many times when we feel overwhelmed, it's not that we've taken on too much. It's that we've taken on too little of what really strengthens us. So you need to overdose yourself on courage. You need to get on your knees and pray for courage. You see, the God of abundant courage and strength makes his, this promise to you as he did Joshua. He said, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. <laughs> he will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. In 1 Chronicles 28, 20, David says to his son Solomon, be strong and courageous to do the work. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the temple of the Lord is finished. For 90 years, he says, I'm going to be with you, but not only am I going to be with you, I'm going to go before you. 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 I'm going to go before you on Dorchester. I'm going to go before you on Auburn Avenue. I'm going to go before you on Sycamore. I'm going to go before you on Reading Road because there's work to do. So finish the work. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. God is your strength and your courage. My next point.
God is not in love with a future version of you. Oh, Pastor, they missed that one. God is not in love with a future version of you. God chose you just the way you are. <laughs> and God hasn't changed his mind about you. <laughs> See, you're done limping through life with regret because God chose you. <laughs> he has not changed his mind about you. So the excuses need to stop. The excuses need to stop and it's time to make arrangements because he hasn't changed his mind about you. You have to refuse to live as if you have missed your window of opportunity and recognize through holy surrender and divine focus, he will bring the opportunity back around to you because he purposed you for it. He prepared you for it. He promised it to you just the way you are. You see, mistakes, failures, and setbacks do not change the destiny God has planned on your life. <laughs> when you commit to a lifestyle of finishing, do I have any finishers out here? When you commit to a lifestyle of finishers, you begin to recognize God can turn your weaker moments into epic comebacks. Now, how many of you have ever failed and you're ready for a comeback? How many of you have been set back and you're ready for God to prepare you for your comeback and propel you to that place that he's purposed you for? Hmm. This is because you are chosen. Hmm. And you can't stop chosen. <laughs> you can't argue. We've chosen. You can't outlast chosen. <laughs> that is why Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. <laughs> I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. Doubt, fear, and failure may try to make a case against you, but you are chosen. A broken heart, addiction, character assassination may try to make a case against you, but you are chosen. I'm calling the finishers out today and remind you that God is not in love with a future version of you. And my final point, my final point, finishing is better than starting. Finishing is better than starting. And Jesus <laughs> is the ultimate finisher. <laughs> it is why Philippians 1.6 says, 
He is faithful to complete the things he started. It is why Hebrews 12 too, reminds us that Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. And it is why Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. <laughs> that is why I believe just in raising up as a church to finish the work. And that is why I believe Jesus is raising a church of finishers. You see, finishers let the excuses be taken away. The traps be exposed and for strength to reach your heart so you can believe for the impossible because God needs a church of finishers. <laughs> I pray it would be a continual reminder that things can be changed. Families can be changed. Futures can be changed. And current situations can be changed because we need a church of finishers. <laughs> I'm expecting the truth in this word to spark a desire to refuse to quit. No matter how much blood, sweat, and tears you have poured out because God needs a church of finishers. I'm declaring fresh motivation inside of you today to be pioneers, to be finishers, to be an influencer, to be an agent of change because God needs a church of finishers. <laughs> no more vacations from focus and responsibility because God needs a church of finishers. Let there be a full-time devotion and commitment to God's plans because God needs a church of finishers. <laughs> you will pursue excellence in everything that your church does because God is looking for a church of finishers. The Lord is releasing dedicated parents in this house. The Lord is releasing dedicated missionaries in this house. The Lord is releasing dedicated attorneys and teachers and business owners in this house because God needs a church of finishers. You see, this world is impressed by people who start things. <laughs> but it's transformed by people who finish them. <laughs> Ecclesiastics 7 and 8 says finishing is better than starting. God wants finishes. <laughs> Do we have any finishes in the house? Finish what God started in you. God is looking for people 
to get things done. He's looking for those who will finish what they've started. God can and will use you to finish what you started because what you finish will change the world. What you finish will change the community. What you finish will change your family. What you finish will change your church. You see, throughout history, God has changed the world using one person. And he's done it many times before. So he'll do it again. When he went, when he wanted to give the children of Israel a deliverer, he gave the assignment to Moses. When he wanted to help the children of Israel enter the promised land, he gave that job to Joshua. When he wanted to teach a message of faithfulness and honor, he gave that appointment to Ruth. When he wanted to show that anybody, even someone who had no confidence in himself, could defeat the enemy, he picked Gideon. When he wanted to prevent the Jews from being exterminated, he gave the challenge to Esther. When God needed someone to transform Mount Auburn, he chose you. For 90 years, God has chosen you to transform lives, bring the gospel to the lost, serve the people the way Christ could serve the people. God chose you. So now it's time to finish what you started. But let me tell you about a man named Jesus, who is the ultimate finisher. You see, when God wanted to reconcile a lost and sinful people back to himself, he sent Jesus, the ultimate finisher. The finisher who started with God in the beginning. The finisher who was born of a virgin. The finisher who served and ministered. The finisher who was accused, who was lied on, who was abandoned by man, who was made fun of, who man doubted, who was spit on, who hung on the cross. The finisher who died on that cross. The finisher who was buried. The finisher who took the sting out of death and the power from the grave. The finisher who got up out of the grave because he knew his work wasn't done. So he got up to finish the work. When life knocks you down, get up 
to do all the work. Get up and finish. When people tell you that idea won't work, get up and finish. When setbacks come, get up, get up, get up. said to you, open up that home for addicts to get recovery. Finish the work. If God has called you into a ministry of feeding people, finish the work. <laughs> finish the work. this morning is there one this morning that the spirit hit you and you started to move the spirit said go the spirit birthed that thing in you now it's time for you to finish and come on down here and give your life to Christ start finish what you 
Spirit, is there one this morning? Our second invitation. Our second invitation is going out to anyone who got discouraged along the way and stopped doing the work. And now you say, Lord, I want to commit myself right now to finish the work that you started in me. Come on down here so that we can be encouragers to each other. So that you have some people praying for you so that we all can remain encouraged 100% of the time. Do we have any? Come on down here. Let's finish the work. Let's finish the work that God has started.